previously on Partnership Vision Podcast. She was in a codependency, you know, she was totally dependent upon her abductor and communication with him. So every possible second, as she's freaking out and everything else that she could, she's calling him up and trying to talk to him. And, you know, of course, he's a terribly uncompassionate and uncaring person. All contact with him is just to stroke his own ego and make himself feel better and get whatever he wants. So if it came right down to it and he was busy with something else or he wanted to do something else or he was getting annoyed with her for calling him and he just shut her down, just bark at her or whatever and leave her off to herself to feel worse and cry some more or whatever. And it, it was a terrible situation. And being with him was the only thing I really looked forward to. I mean, that kind of goes in line with what you just heard from Sean completely, is that I was counting down the hours and the days and the, the moment I could head out and go back to that town where he was at. It really, I was just about to get a fix was all that was for that codependent addiction. Vinny, Vinny, Amari. We came, we saw, we loved. Welcome to the Partnership Vision Podcast. Where we discuss how to have a relationship full of unity, trust, fun, and fulfillment. We'll be sharing the rewards of preparing yourself for your best partner and being your best for them. I like Because also his behavior, it didn't change. Just because she left, he didn't start acting any nicer. It wasn't any better. He was just as bad. And the bad behavior she's mentioned before about what he did running around on her and everything else, well, he just did it that much more since she wasn't there, you know, and could do it with impunity. And that's probably, you know, we, we think one of the reasons that he kind of pushed her in the first place to go ahead and leave he thought that he had such complete control that he had no risk of losing her at all. And at the same time, he could get some more freedom of being able to pretend that he is all to himself and he can just run around with whoever he wants and do whatever he wants. You know, guy, total narcissist. And so, you know, that's the insanity of, oh, I want to be with this person because you're so attached to them, even though they're mean to you, even though they're argumentative, even though they're harsh, even though they're cruel, you know, even though... You try to go to whatever extent and bend over backwards to make them happy, and they won't sometimes do the simplest things to make you happy. And it's just the craziness of that contradiction. I would see that, and it would just drive me nuts. You know, I didn't center it so much on him at the time, but it, over time, I started to really come to the realization that, oh, yeah, it's that guy. It's him. He's the one that is the source of all of this real trauma and stuff that she had going on but before that I was like okay so it's this group of people it's this group that she's addicted to it's this you know the whole extroverted thing of wanting to belong and wanting to be a part of someone and be a part of this group of people and all these relationships and the things she would tell me that they would do disrespecting her leaving her out treating her poorly it would tick me off I'd get mad and I'd be like why are you still going why are you still hanging out with these people? It's better to be alone than to be in bad company. You know, why are you letting these people hurt you and treat you like this? You're worth more than this. You know, like 
they, they don't deserve you. They don't deserve to have you in their life if that's how they're going to treat you. Like, I would just... I, when I would hear like some of these things that pushed me to be a little more communicative than I might be otherwise about some of this stuff where I would, wouldn't hold my cards as close, I'd say, you know what? That's messed up. Like they shouldn't treat you like that. You know, which, you know, that's something you can be a little safer with being more vocal because people do like to hear you defending them. They do like to hear you saying that somebody shouldn't have wronged them. So that's that's a little little safer on the being more communicative side. But, you know, anyway, regardless, like I saw that and it was a quandary that she wanted so badly to be with this guy and these people that made her feel so bad all the time, that mistreated her whenever she was there with them. And it did definitely on the outside look like some kind of an addiction, look like some kind of dependency that was unhealthy. And definitely. And that was the thing is I knew certain actions were bad and they, they were upsetting me and I, I was very upset. But at the same time, once I got over it, quote unquote, not really got over it, but just got out of the emotion that I had over it, it was like it, it never happened. I just kept on through it and whatnot because I just wanted to be with him. I just wanted to be in his circle. And if I had to deal with other people, then I had to deal with other people. But his whole thing that he would always repeat to me is you just need to outlast everybody. You just need to prove yourself to everyone and then everything will be all right which we all know that's wrong. And another point of him uh, suggesting that I move back is he wanted me to go for that medical degree because originally I was going to college for nursing. It wasn't my choice. That's not what I wanted, but I was going there for it. And um, he felt like, oh, well, she can go get that degree and she can start making some real money and I'll be rich. I won't have to worry about working at this corporate office or anything and I know that to be fact because at one point he was like yeah once you actually get a good nursing job you can start paying me back for all the things I've done for you he actually told me that and even at that time I asked him so you would actually take money from a young woman that is just starting her life out and trying to build a nest egg for herself to be able to provide for herself and he basically, he just said, yeah, I've done so much for you. And that's the least you could do is to pay me back. And this is while she's still under his influence and with him. This isn't even after the breakup or anything else. Like, and this is after previously acting like, oh, yes, I've done all of this for you. I care so much for you. You know, it'd be the whole good guy act of you don't have to do a thing in return. You know, I'm just, I'm just glad and honored that I could help you. This is, this is after all that crap. And here, you know, he's just kind of really kind of showing his true colors more. And it's like, he can do so because you're so under his control that he can get off scot-free. He thanks. And he just thought he had his gravy train and, and <laughs> he's like, guess what, buddy? Look at you now. And one more example on this point in particular about excessive praise or veneration of a certain person. It kind of relates in a way. It's not outwardly just a praise kind of example. But on the, the times that I had to leave his place and, and go back home, I'd be emotional. As soon as I pulled out of the parking lot, I'd start just bawling my eyes out. It's just hysterical, like hysterical, hysterical. To where you're crying so much you can barely see hysterical. And once I got on the main highway, I would just start screaming, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. 
And then it's just in a complete screaming, screechy, top of my lungs scream in the car, hitting the steering wheel, going down the highway. That's how tight I was. That's how bound and chained that I was to him. It's like, it's borderline insanity. I, I really felt like I was losing my mind. And the eighth point, a shift from being able to make their own decisions then become dependent on other people telling them what to do. It's a loss in confidence in their own decisions, which I already had. He just basically added on to that problem. I already had that problem um, for years and years and years prior to him for various reasons, but keeping to him specifically, he would shift things that I wanted. I would think that I would want a certain thing and then he changed my mind. He would put it to question and undermine it and make me think, well, maybe I didn't want that originally. Maybe I want this. And so that, that again, reined me in and turned the wheel in his direction. And he made you so dependent on his advice and his way of seeing it, everything, where it's like you had to run everything by him because he would attack things that you did think and things that you thought were true and you thought you knew and was a good idea and would berate it and tear it down and would show you what's wrong with it, which really there's nothing wrong with it. And it's, it's exactly the same process of what we're talking about, the likes and dislikes and tastes thing, like messing with your basic decisions of what you choose and what you would want for yourself so that you become so, you know, just bombarded with, you know, you don't choose anything right. You don't know anything right for yourself. You know, just let me tell you how to dress, tell you how to think, tell you what to listen to. If you believe that and you cave to that, you don't have boundaries. You don't become on the opposite end defensive. Like, no, you're not going to take away my choices of what I like and what I dislike and what I'm going to do or what I'm not going to do for myself. If you can't do that and if you are eroded to that point, then they get to basically dictate all your decisions and you can't make decisions for yourself as a result. It's like your decision maker is broken. You don't have a picker anymore. You can't choose. They're your picker now. You have to ask them what they think about this thing or that thing. You have to call them for their advice about everything. You know, it's that sort of thing that I noticed when I saw her in that state and on that level of dependency on him. And also I would see it even toward me, you know, where she would ask me about things. It's just like, well, you know, what do you want to do? <laughs> like, what, what do you like? You know, what, what do you prefer? You know, like, okay, you want my interpretation? You want my thought? Well, this is good for these reasons and that's good for these reasons. Like, it's not a yes or no thing. Like, there's so many things in life. They're not binary. You know, it's not black or white. It's not this is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. This is the stupid thing. This is the smart thing. Many things have, you know, multiple possibilities and, and outcomes. And it's not all just as simple as this is what you should wear. This is what you should listen to. You know, things are not as black and white about that with everything. So there's advantages and disadvantages to many different courses in life and directions we take. So I would always be answering that kind of a thing more in a way of giving her better questions to ask basically instead of asking me what you should do in this situation well let's ask what these different courses could mean and what you know this decision 
what direction that could take you and how that decision might take you over in this direction and have these kinds of consequences and the payoffs of different things, just more of getting her to choose things for herself, getting her to see for herself what she really wanted and always kind of redirecting it to what, what does your gut tell you? What's your gut feeling about this? You know, like redirect it to the intuition and what comes from her own self, you know, basically like affirming, hey, you have a good head on your shoulders. There is something in you that can make good decisions, you know, even if you don't realize that fact, you know, I didn't say that, but that's what I was implying was like, you can make your own good decisions. You don't need my help. Like I can give you some different interpretations, some different takes on the situation, but I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm not going to tell you what decision to make. That's not my role in your life. That's not anybody's role in your life, but your own. And I think that was a huge help for her at that time. Nobody else was really in her life to be able to do that. You know, no one else had the insight at the time and, and the access at the time to do that for her. But I saw that clear as day that she was very dependent upon somebody else's feedback to know that what she did was actually good or what she did was would be a good decision or it's, it's like the ability to see the difference between a big issue and a big thing that you really should take as a heavy matter, as a weighty matter, and something that's just like, yeah, that's not important. Like the difference between what item are you going to pick off a menu as opposed to should you cut this person off in your life? You know, it's like she didn't have much of a gauge to be able to tell like, you know what, this is one of those lighter things and I can just decide that on my own. I don't have to like try to get somebody else's counsel and, you know, also the ability to self qualify that like, yeah, I made that decision and I'm happy with it. It was very obviously not there in, in her life at that time. So those are the things I observed and that's how I tried to help her through it at the time. And he, he would also say, well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you think? <sighs> Turn the question back on her, basically. <laughs> and that really frustrated me back in the day. But at the same time, looking back on it, it was a shock. A little, like, a little electric shock out of that kind of mental system of just like you were saying, running to somebody else's opinion to therefore know what to do, like a magic eight ball or something. And it was that kind of electric shock is what I needed. I hated it at the time. <laughs> I probably got a lot of glares for those things, but it was really what, what was needed at the time for sure. And I always did it with a smile. I always said it with a smile. I was always as charming about it as possible. Do everything you can with as much grace and with a, as much charm as butter because it always gets you through on the end for the most part, you know, where... They know you're not being mean. They know you're not being harmful or attacking them. They know that whatever you're saying you're doing, you're, you're doing it in all warmth and sincerity. And so it might burr them a little bit, you know, it might prick them a little bit, but they're still going to realize that's like, okay, you know, you're not being my adversary here. I might not like what you're saying, but you're not an enemy. You're not coming to offend or hurt me with this statement or that question. Exactly. And the, and the glares were out of, I guess you could say the glares were out of love. It wasn't a hateful glare, but it was like, darn you, you, hot again. Humorous exasperation. Yes. <laughs> Thank you.
This podcast is a part of our ministry partnership vision, which is dedicated to youth and young adults who are in need of support, wisdom, or healing so that they can live their best life with the people they're meant to be a part of. You can help support us by sharing our show with others directly, posting about us or reposting on social media, or by donating to us financially through our donorbox.org link, which you can find in the description for this episode. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us where the heart is heard. Partnership Vision Ministries. Stay driven by love. So you can wreck all the fear. You can check us out on Instagram at Partnership Vision Ministries. Or on Facebook on Partnership Vision Ministries page. And even Twitter at PVisionM. Y'all come back now, you hear?